Blog Talk Radio. When I was five, hired out to watch a baby And he beat me when he cried I consider that too much of a price Even though I'm thick skin, some of the scars Stay with me for life I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other chief Putting up a fight to me and my people's all are free Four brothers, four sisters, thick family I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically God's in my veins, I can feel it in my soul Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold When they came for my brother, my mom's made them a promise Whoever tried to take him, she's and open your noggin Mommy was a rider Spiritual advisor Security provider That's why I'm alive wire When they ain't take my brother I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight In my head as a teen Now with seizures Dr. Lepsy And strange dreams From the tribe of Asante Through grandma Modesty Being free Holding my own Just a part of me You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away Before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor I ain't never lost a passenger I'm plotting on my escaping I'm married and feeling patient I'm out with no debating You silly for conversating I'm breaking and while you waiting And I'll make it I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel And be back for you with space September 17th 1849 Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine So we left for Maryland Headed towards Freedom Land But they feet chillied up So we turned around and went Back to the owners Believe me I didn't wanna Had I knew my brothers was scared with in the bottom a little while later man i ran away again but this time straight dolo fan backs to the wind in the middle of the night in the winter in the cold i was navigating on the underground railroad nah it ain't a literal train it's a form of resistance just with the railroad theme so a station's a safe house where the runaways go and the runaway slaves are considered cargo the person who hit them considered a station master and the stockholders the one who will put the cash up me i'm the conductor I transported the cargo routes that I took remain secret I took an oath boss of my train you get on there is no rebelling grown man said he turning back and I had to tell him fam why you had me bring the metal out cock it back point it at your head and bring the devil out it's no going back besides you going snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind the whip running from slave catches a bounty on my head until my whole fam free I don't really care had a 10 year span with 19 or so trips I done free so many slaves they calling me Moses during the Civil War Because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault I am Harriet Tubman, you need to fall back a conductor I never ran my train off the track You thinking about coming after me, better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor, I ain't never lost a passenger Good afternoon, everyone. That was Larry Locke Henderson hailing from Brooklyn, New York, talking about Harriet Tugman never losing a passenger. Well, my name is Rodney Smith. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope everyone 
is having a good day, a good week, and of course, the beginnings of a good year. I'm in the air chair solo today. Yes, I am Rodney Smith. You are listening to the first episode of Our Own Voices Live in 2019. I know we've been going away for a little bit, but baby, we are back. And we're bringing you a story today entitled something that many people are experiencing firsthand with not getting those checks. And it's called Happy New Year and the government shutdown. Hopefully, we will have more of a happy new year and less of a government shutdown. But we're going to get into that. For those of you who would like to call in and share your opinion, and if you have some facts, that's always nice, give us a call and share that opinion or preferably that fact at area code 347-826-9600. And if you want to comment, please press 1 on your keypad, please press one on your keypad because that lets me know that you're not just listening. You also want to comment or maybe even ask a question. Before we go on, though, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways that we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live, where everyone gets to speak. The only thing that I ask is please limit your profanity because it is a kid-friendly show because they need to be informed too. Remember that phrase, train them up in the way in which they should go? And please be on your best behavior. Just because you don't agree with something, that don't mean you have to be the enemy of that something, or especially of the individual who may have that opinion. And if you have facts, bring your facts to the table, not just your opinion if you go going to dispute something. And not only do we have Our Own Voices Live, but we also have Our Own Voices, the digital and print magazine and blog site. We also have Our Own Voices on Facebook, Our Own Voices Live on Facebook, Our Own Voices on Twitter. We're Our Own Voices on YouTube and almost everywhere in social media that I could think of. So if you want to find something out, go to Our Own Voices Live. We also have a weekly gathering. That's right. We get together because it's not just what's going on in the digital world. We want to be face-to-face. You know, look at a person's expression. Hear them breathe and look into their eyes for a change and see what they have to say. And I encourage more people to do that. And the gathering happens every Friday from 12 to 2. That to give people at multiple lunch periods a chance to come out and share with us. Normally at the Westside Bistro, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. But when they're not available or it's a holiday, we meet at TC's Rib Crib, otherwise known as TC's Barbecue Crib. And that's on South Durango, cross street at Spring Mountain. That way we can actually engage with people that you may not otherwise engage with. And you know what? Sometimes it's pretty easy to turn into a keyboard warrior. But when you're face-to-face, you know, you tend to be a little bit more calm because, you know, some of the things you say actually have more potency when you look at a person in the eyes and within reach of one another. 
but we don't want you to spar physically. If you need to spar, do it in words right here and share with us. I was at the meeting yesterday, and I told people it's not our differences that's important, but it's what we have in common. Because if we focus on just what our differences are, we don't get much done, as we've seen in our Congress the last couple of years. But when we focus on what we have in common, no matter who we might be and where we may be from, and we get to work on accomplishing that, we move forward collectively. And that's what I think America is all about, is a group of individuals who come together to collectively work for the greater good of us all. This next Saturday, a week from today, at 5 p.m., we're going to meet at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue to have a Dr. King candlelight vigil and celebration. And it's the 11th annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil. It's not going to be fancy. This is something that's put on by people in the community for people in the community. It's an opportunity to listen to Dr. King's speeches, and it's an opportunity for people from the community to step up to the microphone and share with others in the community what Dr. King and the movement has meant to you and or your life. And that's next Saturday, that's this coming Saturday at 5 p.m. at the Dr. King statue on the corner of Lake of Cary Avenue and Martin Luther King Boulevard. Cary Avenue and Martin Luther King Boulevard. Bring candles, bring some warm clothing because it does, you know, it's a candlelight vigil, so the sun needs to go down, so it gets a little chilly. This is our 11th one. We started out just playing the speeches and sharing a few words. And so for this one, I thought it would be the same thing as we would sort of relaunch it starting into this 11th year with an opportunity for folks to share, folks from the community. It's free. And if you know someone that wants to perform spoken word or they sing, you know, we could use a national anthem singer. We could use a, a black anthem singer, uh, love conscious poetry, conscious songs too, dancers, drummers. If you know somebody that would want to contribute their services because it's put on by the people, which means, mainly means by me out of my pocket, feel free to have them call me at 702-430-6685. That's 702-430-6685. This is something by us for us, y'all, so we can make it however we want it to be. And this is the 11th year of doing this. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about our own Voices Live, the radio show. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith in the air chair. Those who want to call in and share their comments or thoughts, you give us a call at area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, and press option one to talk. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith, and the title of our show today, the New Year and the Government Shutdown. So Happy New Year, everybody. It may not seem like a Happy New Year for those people who are not getting paid, but hopefully for the rest of us is a Happy New Year. But I don't want it to be too happy for you, too, because we got some fellow Americans going to work every day because they're considered essential personnel, but they're not getting a paycheck. They're not getting a paycheck, but they're being forced to work. You know, not too long ago in this country, that was called slavery. But we have people today who are forced to work. And someone says, 
well, Rodney, if they're essential, why aren't they getting paid? And I said, you know what? That is a really good question. That is a really good question. But I do want you all to have a happy new year. And No matter how good or not so good last year was, I want this year to be a happy new year for you. I know many people will have New Year's resolution, things that they plan to accomplish this year, whether it's personally, professionally, whatever it is. I hope that you're able to accomplish it or put a big dent in heading in that direction because that's progress. And I can tell you it's not a resolution, but it is a New Year hope, even a prayer. And I'd like for our country to come together. I really would. I would like for us to not see each other as enemies, dangerous. I think it's un-American for that matter. But without labeling as un-American, it's definitely dangerous. Because when you call someone out of their name, however you do it, unless it's a term of endearment, it's usually something that means the opposite. And oftentimes it dehumanizes that person. And once you dehumanize a person, you can start doing some strange things because they don't have the same value that you see in others. And that's a danger because though we may have differences, we are still Americans. You know, we, we should fight others who attack us but not fight each other because then that makes us more susceptible to a, to attack. It weakens us, and other people know it. As a matter of fact, other people know it and use it against us when Russia and maybe others attack our democratic process. And I know some people say, well, it happens all the time. Well, maybe it does. But how effective has it been in the past, and how effective was it this time? It's a point of contention. I know it. Oftentimes it takes party lines. Well, let me tell you. This year, 2019, I am a nonpartisan. I am officially a nonpartisan. The only side that I take is the side of the American people. So for you Democrats, you Republicans, and other third-party folks out there, can you say the same thing? Because I'm just an American. I'm not a Democrat nor a Republican. I am an American. I want the best for all Americans. I want from the lowest to the highest to be able to achieve but I also want all of us to share in the bounty that is this great nation. And it sometimes seems like through the discourse, we forget that. We're going to be on hopefully every Saturday at 12.30 p.m., even if I have to pre-record it. Last year I ran for office, and I ran as a nonpartisan because, you know, to say and put up or shut up, I put up. I spent some money. I spent most of the year, most of my time, so much that I had to step away from the air chair. Because I was invested in it, and I wanted to give it all that I had, win or lose. I wanted to know that I left it all on the field, so to speak, and I left a lot of money on the field too. But I did it because I believe. I believe in American government. I believe in the American process of government. I may not believe in the political parties because that's nowhere in the Constitution. I do believe that you have to be actively involved and engaged in the process. And I do believe that we have to see each other as fellow Americans and not as Democrats or Republicans because that's dividing us up. So 
So that's my Happy New Year uh, sentiment for you all. And if you have New Year New Year's goals and maybe even resolutions, feel free to give us a call, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, and press 1 to talk and share it with us. Uh, so one of, the, one of my goals for the new year, while I was campaigning at a campaign event, I actually broke my leg. Uh, some of you may know who've been listening to the show for a long time, and I have a systemic war injury. I got, I got blown up, and it damaged my leg and, and my knees and my hips, my, my thighs, just legs, right? Well, every once in a while, my knees give out. So you can imagine this is problematic because if your knees give out at the wrong time, they can be an issue. Sometimes I almost fall down, but usually I don't fall down. But this time I actually did fall, and I fell on my right leg, and, and I broke it. And that was in August. So it's the bone is fused back together. I'm up walking. I don't need the, the wheelchair, and I graduated to the crutches and then the one crutch and then to a walking stick. And I carry the walking stick with me, but I don't need it anymore. And before it got cold, I was able to put my shoes on, both of them. So my toes are warm. <laughs> but as I think about it, I said, would I have broken my leg had I not been campaigning? It's a good possibility that I would not have because I would not have been doing what I was doing when I broke it. But I don't know that because just walking, and I walk about three and a half to seven miles a day. That was my routine. Usually I would get it in at, at one setting, preferably early in the morning, if I can, around sunset to start the day off right. Because it's kind of like a metaphor of life for me. I'm not able to get back home no matter where I go unless I keep putting one foot in front of the other. And, and that helped me sort of get myself situated for my day to know that whatever I go through, I have to go through it. And the way that I go through it is I have to keep moving, in this case, keep walking. And, and that's how I live my life, no matter how bad it is. Keep walking because that's how you get to the other side of through and you get back to the good stuff. Now, of course, the longer you walk through the good stuff, the sooner you're going to get to some more bad stuff that just keep on walking and you'll get back to the good. And then you relish the good when you have it, and then you reflect on the good when you don't and think about what you need to do to get back there. So that keeps me thinking positively about whatever is going on. So with this broken leg, I had to cut out my walk in which that was tough to adjust to, but it did give me some more time to do some other things. And now the campaign is over and I can get back to doing this. So one of the things that a group have said that we would like to do is we'd like to, you know, burn some calories. In other words, adjust our measurement. Now that could mean losing weight, or gaining weight. It could mean losing inches or gaining inches. So for me, I want to give four on. It's just a natural uh, phys physical uh, deficiency. Is it takes a lot for me to build up my forearms. I want to build up my forearms. I want to re. I want to build up my my leg strength in the leg that was broken because it's still not there yet. But now that I, I feel comfortable walking and I'm going to try to hit some do some lightweight work, which also helps in the bone density. You know, I want to I want to do that. And there's some people that said that, you know, they would like to do it too. So we set up a little challenge, which that's something else I have to work on uh, this weekend. And what we do is we take our measurements at the beginning of the month, 
usually the first Monday of the month, and we don't take them again until the first Monday of the following month. And then we assign points or whatever you do, and then we select somebody who wins. So it's more for bragging rights than anything else. But but we're going to do that, and we're calling it the Our Own Voices Fitness Challenge, not a weight challenge. Like, I actually want to, wouldn't mind gaining weight. Now, I would like to increase my muscle mass before, you know, and decrease uh, my uh, body fat. But ultimately, I'd, I'd like to gain a few pounds, but muscle. And some people, they want to lose weight, and that's okay. I'd like to shrink a little around the middle because I'll admit, I, because I did break my leg, I haven't been as active as I would have been, and I have some extra padding. I'd like to get I'd like to get rid of that, you know, get back. I want to go from a one-pack back to my six-pack. <laughs> so I, I have some work to do. And it's always seems like more fun when you do it with other people, even if you're not physically doing it with them. Maybe we'll set up some meet and greet where we'll get out and do some walking, uh, have some walking opportunities together. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and make a mental note that we should schedule some of those. Because it's one thing to do stuff virtually, like I said in the introduction, but you have to – we have to interact with each other as humans. We have to be face-to-face sometimes, you know, be able to feel each other, talk to each other, hear us breathe it, see those facial expressions, right? Let's, let's, let's do that. And I don't care what political affiliation you are. There's a, a young man. He, he's on, the, on my main Facebook page, my Rodney Smith Facebook page. He's, he's an admitted conservative and Trump supporter, and we don't always agree. But what I love about this guy, is that even though we don't agree, we don't attack each other personally. And I have a level of respect. He has a certain level of respect for me because I try to tell it like it is and give the facts to support whatever I say. And so we're going back and forth now. But, you know, maybe one day he and I will be able to go walk and join the crew. At the gathering yesterday, we had an agnostic, an atheist, Christian, Catholic, people from different faiths and beliefs, uh, and different political views, nonpartisan, Democrats, I'm not sure if we had any Republicans, Libertarian. But we get together because we share in each other, and we learn from our discourse. Well, if you disagree with it, share why you disagree with it. If you support it, share why you support it. That's what I'm hoping that we can have more opportunities to do uh, this year. And I learned some things when I was out campaigning, and I'm probably going to do a show or a series of shows on what I learned campaigning, because I think it's important. I think more Americans, and I hope in 2019, because we have a, you know congressional elections again in 2020, we have municipal elections locally in 2019. These things affect our life, whether it's locally or nationally. Who says, well, don't worry about national stuff. You've got to worry about things that most immediately affect us. I tell you what, if you know anybody that works in the TSA right now that's working and not getting paid, and their rent was due, ask them how the national policy affect them locally, all right? Or ask the person who may have an apartment building full of TSA workers, you got to pay your mortgage on your apartment building, and your TSA workers call you up and say, hey, I'm still working, but the government, the government, which means the people are not paying me for my work. They think that slavery just got reenacted. These things are important at whatever level that you work. You have the power to change them at any level. Now, of course, 
it is good that you know what's going on at your local level. So one of the other initiatives that we're going to do this year is we want to start um, just doing some edutainment events where we educate people and do bring in some entertainment too because people get bored on how our form of government works because our form of government works best when people are informed and involved. It's not working good now. So that should tell you that maybe we're not as informed or as involved as we should be. So those are some of the things that I have going on. And once again, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live, and our topic today is Happy New Year and the government shutdown. We've been talking about the new year. I'm Rodney Smith in the air chair by myself this first day of the show in the new year. And if somebody would like to co-host with me, give me a call, 702-430-6685. That's my my business cell number. If you want to call and talk into this show, though, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, and press option one. And you can also comment on our Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live. So that's some of the things that are going on for the new year. Like I say, it's my biggest event, which is probably – you know, doesn't have a lot of people yet, but it's our candlelight vigil for the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. next Saturday at 5 p.m. at the Dr. King statue on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Cary. And I hope people will come out, hear the speeches, and share. And then we can start our planning committee uh, to, for next year to make it more like it is traditionally. I just want to have a little throwback to how we started. Sometimes I think it's good to look back. Don't have to stay back. You look back to give you some gut guidance on where you are and how you got here and maybe what you can do or should do to move forward. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2019. Our Own Voices Live is back. So the other half of our show, the other half of our show was the government shutdown. Now, I know that there's some people who are applauding, happy, that the government is shut down because they believe we need to have a wall at our southern border and the president is doing the right thing. There's another group of people, not so much. They think that this is not a good idea because a wall at our southern border is not that important. And they think there's some bias going on there as well as it's a waste of tax dollars. If the government continues to stay shut down, you know, we're in double digits now. Normally after 16 days, they reopen government. I think it's probably going to happen around there this time too, maybe a little bit more, but around there. Because people are hurt, and pretty soon, if you see it costs money to run the government, but it also costs the government money when it's not running to be done. Contracts, and there could be penalties to the government for not honoring certain contracts. There are contractors who are furloughed right now without pay. They're home. They're not working, but they're not getting paid, but they're still employed. But they're not getting paid, and they don't have an opportunity to work. And it's sometimes it's hard to get another job when they know that you're going to quit that job as soon as the furlough is is uh, dismissed. And then you have another group of people. They're not sitting home, but they're not getting paid either. They're working because they're considered essential personnel. TSA as an example. 
They're coming to work every day, but they're not getting paid. They didn't get paid during the Christmas holiday. They're not getting paid into the new year. Now, some people say, well, that's okay. They're going to get back pay. They, they always get back pay, which I believe is true. The problem is most people live paycheck to paycheck, right, because they're working, and for a fair day's pay, they should get a fair day's wage. So they're doing their part. But the government says because we're shut down, we don't have the money to pay you. But come to work. Take gas. Public transportation, fair to come to work, right? Bus fare, train fare, streetcar, trolley, Uber, whatever it is, you have to get from where you reside to your place of employment. It's going to cost you some money. Oh, let's not forget that it's going to cost you money whether you had to travel to work or not because your rent is coming due, and some people's rent is due. For the people who think that this is okay, what do you think about those people who don't have money to pay their rent? Maybe they have a medical procedure that they don't have the money to pay for. This impacts their credit, that even when they get that back money, right, now they owe maybe some interest or a penalty for having late rent. Because you remember the person who owns the apartment complex or house that they're living in, they have to pay the rent. So if they're not getting paid by their tenant, and as I said earlier, if it's a whole bunch of them and they're not getting paid, then they may have some financial harm for not paying their mortgage on time. Or how about the diner, diners that are on the way or that are normal eating grounds, feeding grounds for these government workers that are not getting paid? Maybe their primary clientele at the coffee shop next to some of these government buildings. Maybe their primary clientele are those government workers who have been furloughed or who are forced to come to work, used to be called slavery, forced to come to work and not get paid because they don't have money now to go and get the the fancy coffee or the bagel or the donut or go to the deli. See, I think that for the people who don't really care about government workers, I mean, I don't, disagree, I don't agree with you in that because they're American citizens, but okay, you, you have an issue with government workers. Maybe you're libertarian, whatever it is, right? Got it. But it's not just impacting government workers. It's impacting everyone in the economics chain of those individuals who are furloughed or working without being paid because they don't have the money to frequent the normal places that they go to, whether it's the grocery store, the bodego on the corner. Maybe they're not buying gas anymore because they're not able to, they're not able to afford to drive their car. Oh, by the way, the insurance on their car is due. How much time will their insurance company give them? Oh, God forbid they took out one of those high-interest loans because things were tight because now they're not able to pay that back, and you know what the interest is on that. So for people who say it's okay for the government to be shut down because the only people that's being hurt are government workers, which you don't like anyway, which I don't understand that because they're fellow Americans, right? But what about 
all the businesses that are not government, that's mom and pop, people you know, your neighbors, that are losing money because the government workers aren't able to spend money anymore because they're tightening their belts. Whatever most, I think what the average American has like $500 in the bank and they work payday to payday. Well, if you're in Nevada, your rent is probably around a G, a grand, $1,000. And if all you had in your savings account was $500 and you were one of those uh, 8,000 or 10,000 government workers that's not getting a check, you're not even able to pay your rent. And if you are one that works for the TSA, as an example, you have to go to work, you're probably trying to save your money for that car fare, for that gas. Oh, and let's not forget, you have to pay your utilities, electric, water, gas. You have an alarm, you have to pay your alarm. All of these people, all see, see how this affects not just that one individual that works for the government, but how it impacts other businesses? And if we extrapolate that beyond utilities, like I said, into everyday things, I like Slurpees. So when I was working, once a week, I pull over and get a Slurpee. Now, one Slurpee probably won't make or break a person. But what if that place makes that profit that it needs because of all of those government workers that come by to get that Slurpee or, or like I said, something more prevalent, that coffee? Other businesses' bottom line. What I'm hoping is that people will see through your selfishness, and I'm calling it like it is, through your selfishness of what you don't like. It's impacting a bunch of other people, and it might just wind up impacting you. The president said that he's willing to take this on for a longer period, days, weeks, even months, indefinitely. Again, let's look at those other businesses that are out there. And when does it start to cost more than the $1 billion or excuse me, the $5 billion that he wants. See, I want us to look at that. I think I have a caller. I'm going to, I'm going to bring him on just to see, but I'm in the air chair by myself, so stand by. Uh, good afternoon, caller. You're on Our Own Voices Live. I'm Rodney Smith. Did you want to make a comment, or were you just listening? Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi. This is uh, Gwen. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm just listening Gwen for the Walker. first time. I just happened to get uh, get your Facebook uh, post, and I was like, "Oh, well, let me take a minute before my meeting and just check you out and see what you're talking about." Well, thank you, Sister Gwen, so much for taking a moment and time out of your life. This is our first show uh, back for the new year. I've been off. Uh, for a year due to campaigning. Uh, for those who may not know, Sister Gwen here has the African American History and Cultural Museum right here in Las Vegas, the heart of our city. Gwen, take a moment to tell them the correct name, the full name, and a little bit about your museum. Okay, the correct name is the Walker African American Museum and Research Center. And, of course, we've been under a long-time construction uh, to remodel and repair the building, which we're still doing. We had just had the uh, roof repaired in uh, April, and then the May winds 
took off two big, huge chunks again. So now I've got a small leaf again, uh, actually two, one around the, the newly uh, the donated air conditioned area and in the front uh, room where we had the, uh, the roof had fallen in. So now we've got a leak there again. So I'm working diligently trying to uh, gather funds to buy those supplies to get the uh, roof repaired and then we can finish uh, having the, um, there's a pipe that we have to have finished, repaired, and installed for the heating um, so we can be warm in there. It's a little too cold in there right now to, to do much work. You know, I have a portable heater, but it's still, these temperatures lately have been really, really uh, freezing so we have not been down there, but there's still so much that I'm doing here at home and cataloging and packing up and, you know, donations that are still coming in for the museum. Of course, we started so, the museum. Uh, yes. So, Gwen, uh, do you have, uh, do you have a, a website or a way for people to donate, uh, whether it's their their treasure, their dollars, or if they have labor skills that you can use, do you have a way for them to contact you? Well, they can contact me uh, right now by telephone, um, and then you know we can discuss whatever it is that you know they might uh, be wanting to donate or their time or what have you. Uh, like I said, right now the most important thing is to try to get that roof fixed. Uh, we have we're under construction for a new website as well, and uh, once we get that up and going, we did have, we tried, um, what is that, GoFundMe once before, but that wasn't successful, and, uh, you know, it's been suggested that we do it again, but, you know, I'm, I just hate straight out asking people to donate money. I mean, you know, we've been around for a long time. I mean, if everybody that even follows me on Facebook and donated a dollar, that could help us get those last things done that we need to as for, you know, the work and some of the interior, the flooring and different things that we need to get done uh, to get reopened. And we definitely want to do that as soon as possible. Um, so uh, other than just by phone or by Facebook, they can contact me and uh, then we can take it from there, Rodney. We'd appreciate anything, anything that uh, anyone is willing to do to help us get reopened. But it is the okay, African American Museum. Yes. Give them your uh give them that phone number so they can contact you. Okay, the uh there's a a new number to call me right now because the, the museum phone just separated. Our regular number is a seven oh two seven five two six oh four three and our sprint is supposed to call forward the numbers from that phone to a new number of seven zero two nine zero six six five eight one. Again, that's seven zero two nine zero six six five eight one. Okay. Okay. So everybody, I, I hope you got it. The main number is seven zero two seven five two six zero. And if right. for whatever reason you don't get through there, you can try seven zero two nine zero six. Six five eight one nine zero six six five eight one, and that's to if you have 
some extra coins left over or about to get some from your income tax and, you, you know, you want to give help share a little bit, you can contact Sister Gwen Walker from the Walker African, the Walker African American History Museum no, no. and Cultural no, Center. No, 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 correction. The Walker African American Museum and Research Center. Research Center. Okay. Yes. Got it. So Walker African American Museum and Research Center. The Walker African American Museum and Research Center. All righty. So those of you out there, if you would like to see something like that grow and prosper, and I've been there some years ago, and it just has a plethora of information and memorabilia about the history and culture of not just African Americans, but it's of Las Vegas. So if you would like to see something like that up and running and open to the public, give Ms. Gwen Walker a call at 702-752-6043. And if that doesn't work, 702-906-6581. Thank you, Gwen. Did you have any other comments for us? No, no. I just uh, sit back in the cut, as they say, and uh, listen to uh, your conversation. All right, thank you so much for calling. And if you do want to jump in, just press one on your keypad. And for everyone else, press one on your keypad, and that will bring you into the conversation. Thanks again, sis. Okay. Now, when when you're doing a radio show, you're kind of isolated, right? You're, you're in your booth, you got your soundboard, and you're doing your thing. And if you don't have a co-host, it's like talking to yourself. But it's like talking to yourself for a reason so people – you know, won't come in and say you're crazy or anything, but you're still talking to yourself. And you never know sometimes until people call in who's listening or you see responses on Facebook. So for this being my first show uh, back and we didn't really advertise it, it was just like, you know what, hey, I'm not, I'm not in the campaign anymore. I have time. Let's do the show. And, I, and sometimes that's what you have to do. You just have to do it because you can sit back and talk and plan and do a lot of things. But sometimes you just have to do it and make it happen. So that's why we have the show today. And we'll be back every, uh, at least the plan is to be back every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. And on West Coast time, 3.30 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, and talk about things like next week it's a big possibility that we're going to talk about the R. Kelly uh, series of shows. Uh, I watched about three segments of it, and it was disturbing but for multiple reasons. And I was actually on another radio show this morning uh, sharing some of my thoughts and feelings about that. And so we may bring that, but I wanted to have us, I wanted us to have a new year show. Plus I also want to let everybody know that we have our annual 11th annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vision, kind of like when, you know, it's something that, that myself and the DJ have been putting on by ourselves uh, for, well, this is going on the 11th year. And, uh, I was busy campaigning, so I really wasn't able to put, you know, because you have to start working on it, like, back in August, really, to make it a big event. But I was still campaigning because, you know, we had elections in, in November. So I got a late start, and that's when it came to me. It's like, you know what, let's just go back to our roots, to our beginning, and play some of the speeches and invite the community out. And whoever comes out, comes out. and Maybe there will be someone that will share some words of wisdom that we needed to hear, somebody needed to hear. 
So I, I do believe you have to be things, and even when you may not get a lot of people, if it's something that you really believe in and you can afford to do it, you have the time, where for you should continue to do it because people usually appreciate consistency. And even though I wasn't born here in Las Vegas, I, I like to say I adopted the city, and I, and I hope that the people will adopt me too because I want the best for the people. As a matter of fact, I only made a promise a campaign promise to one person when I ran for re-election, which is kind of interesting that Gwen is the person who called today and I spoke to. She is the only person that I actually made a promise, a specific promise of what I would do when I got elected. And I told her that I would use whatever resources that were available to me and that I could find to help in bringing about her vision of the Walker African American Museum and research center, because I think it's important not just for African Americans, but I think it's important for other people in our city to learn more about the culture and history of African Americans who have contributed overall to this city. And so let's look what we can do together. Remember I said we can always talk about our differences, but let's focus on what we have in common. So. A uh, big shout out to Gwen for keeping that, for having the vision in the first place, having that dream, and then turning it into a vision that she's, you know, constantly striving on to bring it to fruition. And with the help of a lot of other people, we can do it. And that's what we need. We need people working together. Uh, I know there's, you know, we have a Dr. King uh, parade, but it's outside of the community. There's a Dr. King banquet. It might be in the community sometimes, a lot of times it's outside the community, and it costs, you know, some, some change, right? Now, these are real bills, some, some sawbacks. But I thought that the community needed to have something that the community could take a hold of and that would be in the community, and it would bring other people to the community to see the statue that we have of the dreamer, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and to remind our children of the impact that Dr. King has on their lives today. So that's why we actually started doing the candlelight vigil was sort of to remind our, the older and to help inform our younger people about Dr. King, but also talk about how it really impacts us personally. And I, I hope that the word will get out. We'll get some people out there and we'll have some performers and some speakers, but we will have what we have. And we will build on it from there. Because America is a country that builds. And we took people from all over the world. We opened our, literally our borders. We opened our walls to them. And we said, come, downtrodden in the rest of the world. Come to America. We have a place for you. Help us build our country. And our country still needs to be built. And our country is not a country that needs fortresses. It's a country that needs people willing to work together. That's always been our strength. And so when we talk about the government shutdown, one of the things I wrote is I said this is the first show of the new year as it is the first Saturday of the new year. When President Trump took office on January 20 of 2017, I said this, quote, we celebrated the peaceful transfer of power from our 44th president, Barack Obama to our 45th president, Donald Trump. 
Some saw it as a time to celebrate, and others saw it as a time to mourn. And then I asked the question, how do you see it today now that we are two years in and have gov- and have a government shutdown? We have a new Congress and split government. What do you want to change in this new year and why? That was sort of the introduction to the show because one of the great things to go back to it is when President Obama left office, it wasn't because there was an overthrow of government. It wasn't because there were guns and cannons and tanks in the streets and airplanes in the air and people killing each other. No, in America, the way that we have a transfer of power, whether it's every four to eight years for the president or six years for our senators and two years for our House of Representatives, the way the people fight is this through rhetoric. That's how a form of government was set up. The founding fathers, they wanted us to go and debate and discuss our issues and then cast ballots. Then the winner of that would become the leader, whether it was for some a local government office, city council, county commission, school board trustee, uh, higher education region, your local, your assembly person, your state senate, your governor, your congressperson, your United States senator, on up to the president of the United States of America. And then once that those votes have been tallied, they've been cast and they've been tallied, we have new government, we have a peaceful transfer of power. And then the beauty of it is if you don't like what's going on, within two years, you can show your displeasure or the opposite by voting to maintain the people in office or voting to kick them out. Maybe we need more kicking people out because we get the same people almost every year. There's a 98% incumbency rate in this country, but yet we say that we're not happy with government. Government, first of all, is the people, and it's for the people. And then you elect people to run the government for the people. So when you say that you're not happy with government, you're saying you're not happy with the people you elected to run government. Oh, should you keep voting them in? You're listening to Our Own Voices Live, 702, or excuse me, to call in to share some comments or ask questions, 347-826-9600. We only have about seven more minutes, and then, then I have to get out of here. So what are you doing in wherever you are, part of the world, whatever part of the country? What are you doing to help improve things? What are you doing to help Congress and the president get beyond the impasse of the wall right now? Is it really worth it to shut down the government for a wall? That's something that's still part of the debate. Even though the president ran on the wall and some people say, well, he has a mandate because he he won. But the people may not have given that mandate directly because the majority of the people voted for the other person. But, of course, the Electoral College elects the president. Well, 
the House of Representatives, which is a direct vote, who supported the president, just had a tsunami, a blue wave, massive, largest, I believe, since the 30s or maybe in history, but I believe since the 30s, and voted a lot of Republicans out because they sided with the president. Now, when this has happened in the past to the Democrats and the Republicans took over, like President Obama, then the people who took over Congress said that the people have spoken and they have a mandate. Okay. Well, if it was good for the Republicans, why isn't it good for the Democrats today? The people have spoken. The Democrats took over the House. Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi is now the Speaker of the House once again. Does that mean that the people have spoken and the president should now listen to Congress who was elected more recently than him? It's a question. 347-826-9600. Press 1 to talk. It's a question. Because what's that old phrase? If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And to my conservative friends out there, they think I'm liberal. The interesting thing is my liberal friends think I'm conservative. For years, people thought I was a Republican. I've been an independent, but I never have been a Republican. Yes, I have been a Democrat. The majority of my life was a Democrat. Heck, you're, kind of, you're black, African-American. You're kind of born into being a Democrat. But in the 90s, I switched over to being an independent. And now I'm, I'm just a nonpartisan. I don't the party that separates us. I'm about the American people. Yeah, I'm about, I want what's right for my people. And yes, if I got elected, I'm going to make sure that African Americans have a seat at the table. Because we don't always have that seat, even though there may be people that look like us there because they're part of the establishment. And let me tell you, the establishment is about the green. So, these, we're in interesting times. And what I tell people is if you're not able to make decisions for yourself, if you're not able to change course for you because you have a certain level of comfort, no matter what your income status is, no matter what your employment status is, and think about your grandchildren because the things that we do today will impact them later. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. I got it. But for those who make it to tomorrow, what tomorrow are we building for him today? What do you think about this government shutdown? Is the wall really worth it? And why is the wall on the southern border seemingly more important than having a wall on the northern border or, for that matter, on the east or west coast? What's so in, and don't the majority of the people come into this country undocumented or illegally through the air, through airplanes? I mean, for example, China, they have a whole industry, an industry of people to take, I think they call them like citizenship vacation. What they do is they're with child. They take scheduled vacation to come to America so that they can have the baby here so that the child has dual citizenship or has a choice, right? And then once the child is born, they go back to China. Now, that's just one. There's other people who do it, too. That just happens to be the most prevalent one. And so the people who attacked us, they didn't come across the southern border. They flew into an airplane, airplane. And then they flew some airplanes to attack us. 
and now we have TSA agents that are supposedly there to protect us that don't get paid that much in the first place, I may add. And now we don't want to pay them at all because the government is shut down. Just imagine, just imagine the FBI said, hey, we got to shut it down. I know people trying to do bad things to us, but we have to shut it down. Suppose the people who worked for the FAA, air traffic controllers, said, hey, I'm, I'm through. Now, of course, we know that President Reagan, you know, made sure that doesn't happen again. But let's just say they did. We have people who the TSA has actually sued the government for not paying its workers. That's, that's a pretty big step. So that's another reason why I don't think the uh, shutdown is going to last that much longer, regardless of whether the money for the wall is there or not, because it's actually starting to touch people. And what I want to know is a person who believes in the wall, who works for a government agency, who's furloughed and not getting paid, and and, and especially those who work for the government that's considered uh, essential personnel that's being forced to work but without pay, I want to know how do they feel about a government shutdown before the government was shut down, and what do they feel about it now that the government is shut down? Are they still in support of it? Because maybe their ideology is that strong. Is it worth it? And would you be happy if the president kept it like this for months? Is your landlord willing to work with you? Maybe you own your own house and you pay for it outright. Well, that's a great thing, but maybe you don't. What do you do? Maybe you have children that need some new new shoes. What do you do? See, I want Americans and all of America to prosper. We're the richest country on the planet. Do I believe we need $5 billion for a wall? Not at the expense of the government, you know, with a government shutdown. I'm not even sure we need a wall in the first place. As a matter of fact, the idea of America, the home of the, you know, we're supposed to be a free nation, right? Having a wall reminds me of Germany. Remember, we had East and West Germany, the Iron Curtain, and we fought against the Iron Curtain. And with the Cold War, I, I did that. And now we're trying to put up our own Iron Curtain right here in America. There's something about it for me that it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. To me, maybe it does to you. I don't know. Let me know. And uh, you know, we're we're winding down now. So the title of our show today was Happy New Year, and the government shut down. I'm Rodney Smith. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. I've been in the air chair by myself. Uh, we normally come on Saturdays at 12:30 p.m. until 1:30. Sometimes we'll extend it a little bit. We're running a little bit over today. Just me out of practice. Uh, thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live. Let me know what you thought about the show today. And also, share with me what you would like for us to talk about in in the future. What ideas do you have for a show? Because the show is for you. Because, see, I don't need to talk to myself because I can hear my own thoughts. <laughs> but hopefully you all have gotten something out of the show. I uh, I try to keep it in the middle, but I do have preferences. And sometimes people on the left will see it as being uh, something for the left, but they may also may think, hey, Rodney's talking about stuff that's for the right. 
And then the people on the right may think I'm talking about stuff that's for the left. But then again, they may say I'm talking their talk too. Well, if that's the case, right where I need to be, because I'm where the American people are. Most Americans are in the middle. No right, no left. American, America, America, America. And on that note, don't forget, uh, Sister Gwen Walker has the Walker African American Museum and Research Center. And give her give her a call at 702-752-6043, 702-752-6043, and that should transfer you to her. And if by chance that doesn't work, then try 702-906-6581, and that will get her directly. And if you want to contribute your time, your efforts, or, of course, money is always welcome, I'm sure she'd be happy to see it. Plus, she can give you some more information about the uh, Museum and Research Center. Uh, next Saturday, as I said, at 5 o'clock, we'll be out at the Dr. King statue on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Cary, and we'll be playing Dr. King's speeches. This is the 11th Annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil, something to put on by the people for the people where the people are. I hope you'll come out and, and support that. This will be our 11th year. Thank you for listening to Our Own Voices Live. This is actually our, I think this is our seventh or eighth year doing it. And we hope to continue. Hopefully I'll have some guests on occasionally. Give me a chance to spin back up. And, again, if you have show ideas or guests or you would like to be a guest, just reach out to me on Facebook. You can call me at 702-430-8575. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Our Own Voices Live. Until next Saturday, hopefully I'll see you on Our Own Voices Live on Facebook, Our Own Voices on Facebook or Twitter. Be safe out there. Find someone to hug and love on today, because there's no guarantee that they will be here tonight. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>